bratwurst. <laughs> Overrated, underrated. Do another sound check, Andy. I can't tell which. You're, we're all the mics are all different today. Go ahead. Hello. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show. Very excited to have our special guests today. We're on location in Chicago at a shitty hotel that will remain nameless. It's not that, you know, you go to some hotels and then you go to the shitty version of that hotel. That's what we're in. Eh, it's not that bad. He doesn't mind. I've stayed in worse. Yeah. <laughs> the, for golf promotes staying in bad hotels. Why is that? The, the, the true golf adventurer. I think because you get to a lot of uh, remote areas and... I'm not really much of a planner, so I'm always on, like, Hotel Tonight, last minute, and, you know, if, if you're only going to sleep for, like, six hours, what's the point of having a really nice room? Because the priority is the golf. So I've realized I didn't really do a proper introduction. That's Andy okay. Johnson, you are the husband to Mrs. Fried Egg. <laughs> exactly. You are Mr. Fried Egg. <laughs> you, uh, you cultivate an educated uh, learning experience, your, your edutainment, if you will. Around golf course architecture, you've got a blog called The Fried Egg. You've got, uh, obviously, a very popular Twitter account, Fried Egg Golf. I think it's the underscore fried underscore egg. It's all very confusing, but if you type in Fried Egg and golf, you will get to Andy. A a tip for any aspiring entrepreneur, do not name your company after a common food. (laughs) I was thinking, I was thinking, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have that opportunity. I wasn't thinking. There was no food. That I was thinking of, but uh, you know, I mean, obviously Shane Bacon comes to mind. Yeah, to yeah, me. we could, we've got a lot of uh, potential future collaboration. Yeah, I you would know? imagine that. We did a pod recently. It was the first edition of uh, Bacon and Eggs. Right, and then you've got obviously uh, DJ Pihowski. He's, a, he's, he's very a pie. he's a pie. Yeah. So you can have a pie of bacon and fried eggs, and then you, the three of you would basically just go on an Avis sponsored road trip. Yeah, a breakfast pie. Breakfast pie. Yeah, they have those in Australia. <laughs> the breakfast pie. Um, but you, uh, you devoted, you, you, you took a career change and now you are the fried egg for, from now on 24 hours a day. Yes. This yeah. was not always your, when, right around the time when we met a couple of years ago, you were in between things. And I think why, the reason why I bring that up is because a lot of people ask me, how do I get into the golf industry? And I think you're a great example of how do you answer that question? Um, well, I was an idiot, you know? <laughs> I, uh, I, I was working in, uh, like for a tech startup and I just, it was a media company. So I started to learn a ton, a lot about media. I was a horrible writer and that so, surprises me. You're a great writer now. Well, naturally. Yeah. The, the, what you do when you're bad at something is, you know, you double down on it. <laughs> so golf, I was, uh, I was lucky. My wife was a journalism major, so she kind of edited it and took, uh, made it readable early on. And I just started uh, writing this newsletter about, you know, the PGA Tour, golf courses, all sorts of stuff. And You wrote a newsletter about what interested you because... Well, I was like, a, I was kind of the target of what, you know, golfers are. I was they, a busy they professional. You, they have you on the wall at PGA Tour headquarters and your name is Paul and you're a demographic. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 32. Right. And you probably have a German import sedan. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, I do. do. Have, you do. I actually. guess it is. A, I forgot that Volkswagen is a German is. import. You, uh, you know, you play X times a year. How many? Yeah. You I, play, I was playing like fifty times a year. I was playing amateur events. I was, you know, I was doing well in my profession. I was, you know, I was a member of a country club. I was exactly who they wanted. I watched PGA Tour golf, but I didn't read anything. 
Hmm. So, well, I just felt like nothing was written for the busy professional. What does that mean? So, you know, if I say I, I read a lot about work, you know, I read about, I read about content mostly because I was, you know, working for this media company and figuring out ways for us to make new money. Um, and I just thought about myself. I was like, I, I'm reading for work all the time. I might have like five minutes that I can squeeze in to read about golf, but I'd have to go find it. And half the times I'd, I'd click on it and I'd be like, what is this? Why, why am I reading this? Like it was just merely a transcript of an interview? Yeah, it was just like your, your stock, like, you know, no insight, just reporting the play-by-play. Or, you know, there, there's, now I know there's a lot more good stuff out there. But at the time, like, you know, what do you do? You go look at certain things. And I think at the time it was a bad point in golf media. I think, it, you know, it's improved a lot. But uh, so I just thought to myself, like, well, why isn't something just delivered right to me that I can read whenever? I don't have to go look for it. Mm. I know it's going to be quality and it's got a voice and it's got personality and there's, you know, so that's when the, the newsletter, the fried egg started. And so it wasn't about a current event. It wasn't about some gossip. What it was, it was about something kind of, I guess, greater that interested you. That's that, that was about golf. It wasn't sort of, uh, what commonly was referred to as golf news. Well, it was golf news, but it was just written in a different format. Like, you know, in two, three minutes, I could know everything going on in golf. Interesting. As opposed to devoting five minutes to read all about, you know, this week's CIMB Classic in Malaysia, which I don't really care about. You're referring to mainly articles written by AP, PGA Tour, Golf Digest, basically every main media golf outlet. Yeah, they write these long articles about I don't even read them. I have no idea. Well, they write these articles, 500 words, about a topic that could be explained in two sentences. <laughs> and it's like, why am I reading 500 words about how far Cameron Champ hits the ball? Like, I could just look at a stat and see, oh, right. this guy hits it 340 yards. That's pretty cool. Right. That's all I need to know. You were moving on at that point, and then, and then you, but what, what, what did, because at some point, did the fried egg, how did that blog, how did that so email I was, change I'm, for you? I'm doing this email thing for a while, and, uh, you know, I'm writing about the tour, and you know, one of the things that it was different, it was unique, but I didn't have like a lane. But as an entrepreneur, one of the things you have to do is you always have to be trying new things. You know, if you stop evolving and you stop iterating, you're dead. You know, you can't keep the same bland, you know, thing because everybody catches up regardless. Like if you you have an advantage when you're small because you can try a bunch of stuff. So one day I just wrote a golf course architecture article. And it went viral compared to anything else I'd done to date. And I was like, well, I should do more of this. How could you tell that a blog article, right? Am I right? Is that what it was? Was going viral. So like on Twitter, it was getting retweeted like crazy. What was the subject? What was the content? What was the the, um, headline? It was an article about Redan holes. Template holes. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just the article. Very hot right now. When when was this done? Four years ago? Three? Uh, it was like two two years and a couple months. It was okay. the, it was the four. I published it on the fourth of July. I'll mm-hmm. never forget. It's like a a horrible day for web yeah. traffic. No one's publishing uh, <laughs> golf articles on picnic day. And I like smashed all of my other daily traffic days like by like a large multiple. I can't mm-hmm. remember how much how many more, but it, I was like, whoa! 
I got to do this because it was unique. It was different. And that, I think that's the biggest thing when you're doing, when you're trying, if you want to try and get in the golf industry, you have to be unique. You have to be different. You can't like just go and look at somebody that's been successful and say, I'm going to do that. Right. Because you're already way behind and you, you got to have, you know, something unique that you bring to the table and you got to try a lot of things. So, you know, I follow that rule, but in that, but in a sense, I was very lucky because I didn't have the fucking idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Someone just sort of someone smarter than me who was like everybody else looked at me and said, you know, this guy's the guy mm-hmm. put him in there. Okay, go try it guy. And I was like, whatever, I'll try anything, you know? And so I got kind of backwards into that and got kind of lucky, but, but you're actually smart no. and you thought, or did you learn this lesson post decision? I'm an idiot. You know, we're you're all idiots. Oh, and you're a moron. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Inside joke from yeah. Andy. Um, but you, you, you um, so you go viral on the on the Redan Hall article. I mean, it, it, in in terms of like now, I look, I would like laugh at how because now views. two years you've smashed those numbers by oh, yeah. a factor of what? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't even know exactly, but like doesn't it doesn't want to discuss numbers. It would be like a really bad article right. today, but like, like then, I mean, then I was like small. I mean, it was I would never put out the piece of content that I put out then because like. The image quality was pretty pretty poor. You have very good image quality on the site and on the Instagram and on your Twitter and on yeah. all your videos. But that's something that comes later. Like you can't focus in on that early on. You got to mm. just find what people like. You know, you got to find your voice. Like brand and stuff matters when you're big, and like you know brand quality. But when you're small, you just got to figure out where your lane is, and then you got to build from that lane. See, this is really interesting because I'm actually kind of here right now. Uh, in my own career, right? Mm-hmm. As we come up on the third season of Adventures in Golf, you know, airing in the next couple of months, sort of slowly, other things I want to do. Um, I mean, the podcast, right? I mean, this in and of itself was kind of a joke. Yeah. I did it almost to shut people up who were saying you should do this. Or I did it because Shane Bacon was like, oh, you did a good pod with me. And I was like, oh, I don't fucking do this. And I don't know, the idea, you, the things you're talking about are very inspiring. The idea of, Small sample size means you can make mistakes, means you can try new things. And um, I find it, it's interesting because I know you're coming at it from a perspective of business and at least in your old job, right? It was about evolving to be more successful and make more money. I kind of do it just because I get excited about it. And in some ways, the AIG format uh, is, I'm looking forward to evolving that mm-hmm. as well. You know, so it's so it's interesting. Anyway, uh, I want to hear more about um when did the egg finally crack for you as far as architecture? Was it just this day, this July 4th day? I, I was always interested in it. So, like, one of the things that I started, like, the whole thing was with is, like, I was like, you know, if I'm the target reader, then what interests me should interest more people than just me. So I had always been interested in golf course architecture. I was, as a kid, I caddied at a really nice golf course, you know, I played high school golf in, in Chicago. Golf. Do I know it? Is it famous? Or? Uh, it's called Knollwood. It's it, I carried there for like eight years, probably seven years. Okay. So, um, and then I, you know, a lot of fun memories. Can we just dig into that experience you for want, a minute? You want? You want, I just want to dig into Knollwood? Would you? Yeah. Would you like getting? Are you allowed to talk about your your yeah, sure. your mistrials there? Oh yeah, I was. I was. I worked the back room too. <laughs> Taught junior golf. Um, you know, one of the proud days was when I, you know, we would go get towels from the basement of the men's locker room, and I figured out that they kept all the beer down there, like in a in a free in a fridge. And I'd go down there, I'd, I and the, I'd have stacks of towels, like you know, 
and they would be the clean ones, bring him back, and I'd put them in the cart. But what I'd do is I'd layer into the folded <laughs> towels beers, go back to the cart barn. You know, I've, I was closing that day. I'd yeah. just be Wouldn't back see there. Andy for a bit. Yeah, I'd be washing carts, crushing <laughs> beers. <laughs> Listen to some dead, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Headphones was... or... Uh, did you have a speaker out there? We had a speaker in the back. Right. I, I used headphones a lot of times, like if I was hungover. I, you know, when I was, I was in college sure. at this time, too. Uh, and I'd, I'd be hungover in the morning. Of course. I'd go out to the range, and uh, I would sleep back where the range <laughs> cart was cut. <laughs> On duty? Oh, yeah. Like yes. for a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. This reminds me of, uh, did you ever see that show, Red Oak? It's on the internet or something. I can't remember, but it's uh, actually, um, you know, who's on it is fucking um, Richard, Richard um, Kind, who's a guest on the podcast a while ago. He was on Curb Your Enthusiasm and Mad About You. But anyway, it's about this kid who, like, works at a country club and he just doesn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he ends up dating one of, the, one of the members' daughters and he's like, stay away from my daughter. And it's just this funny, like, misadventures of a kind of coming of age young young man and and so you loved golf at the time you, oh yeah you you're played, an accomplished golfer you played in the mid-am at stonewall along with coincidentally colt yeah who travels and works with me all the time um and you know so at this age you, you love golf but you're not hoping for competitive greatness no no i just love golf i mean i like i grew up working at a golf course i played golf you know so it's just I, I just love golf. Like that's a, that, at the end of the day, I just love golf. Did you ever have a problem with the stereotypical golfer? I mean, I wasn't though. I wasn't like the stereotypical golfer. Golfer. I worked at a golf course. Right. I grew up riding my bike. Like my buddy down the street and I would ride our bikes with our bags on our shoulders to the local muni course, and I'd spend all day there. You know, <laughs> that was my like life growing up. I'd either be caddying or I'd be at the local muni. What course. was the muni? It's called Lake Bluff Golf Club. Sounds nice. Uh, it's, no, so you would it's work at nice. Knollwood, and then you would go hit up Lake Bluff to do your to do your personal time. Yeah, eventually, you know, I moved up the chain. Amazingly, despite my <laughs> sleeping, at despite the, your lack of effort. <laughs> yeah, I moved up the chain. I taught junior golf, and they let me like play and practice at night there. Right. So that after that, then I just kind of spent all the time there. But uh, growing up, like. Yeah, I grew up playing, you know, Muni golf, and I think it's the amazing thing I find with my podcast is how many people in golf grew up playing Muni golf or started playing golf with Muni golf. In terms of uh, j just the amount of uh, people that rely on public golf access, just like the people in golf, there's uh, so many, so many people that are in golf, like working uh, in golf, yeah, like that myself are, or Shane or whoever. Exactly. There, such a big number of them are kids that grew up playing muni golf. Well, you know, I mean, that's because we need jobs. There's the kids that grew up going to Maidstone are like, I got it made. I, yeah. That's a bad pun. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> but, you know, kids growing up national, they didn't need a job. Mm -hmm. They're not yeah. going to work in golf. They, golf. They're the Bobby Jones. Yeah. Right? yeah. We're just like, I need a fucking job and I like playing golf. How can I do both at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny. I, I play less golf now than I used to. Yeah. I think that's crazy. common. You know, I, I, but the thing that's nice is like work doesn't feel like work. I mean, I work like crazy hours. You know, I was up till like 2 a.m. last night because I just got an idea in my head, couldn't get it out. But I woke up then this morning, I was like ready to go again. Like if that was work work, like back in the day, like when I would be up late working and then having to wake up the next morning, I'd be like, I don't want to go to work. 
you are experiencing or at least talking about something that I experience, which is this idea that, uh, um, you know, how a turbine works like, yeah. like the, 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 the fuel catches on fire and then is propelled into another fan where it catches on fire again and then speeds up the entire thing. And, and for me, that's kind of the experience is like, I will go experience something in reality and, uh, film it and just do that. And, and the process of doing that and watching that makes me want to go do it again. And it's, so it's like, it's literally the snake that eats itself of experiencing life in uh, either video or whether it's a podcast or whatever it is, even just writing shit on Instagram. Like I'm not a writer either, but I but the experience of of sharing that is worth um, like inspires me to do it further. And so, do you find yourself that you're like, you know, th- this kind of I'm sure tr- I'm struggling with how to describe it, but it, the the experience of playing golf is almost fading as the experience of creating a world of golf that you kind of are like, um, you know, not selling, but sharing. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, it was fucking awesome the other day because I just finished like that Lasonia video article and like I was, I was doing that and just like you were talking about, it makes you want to do it again. Right. Like, and then we went like two <laughs> days later. It was awesome <laughs> because cause then we went and I like got to relive that whole experience again. Right. And it was funny is then like the golfer's journal was like, hey, we need this article from you because I'm habitually a late <laughs> offender. And I was like, oh, I'm going to write. And I wrote something about Lasonia. So I almost did it again. Amazing. Because <laughs> it was fresh in my mind, but I just like cranked it out. It was, it took no time because like the experience was so fresh and that's when you get your best work done is like when you have a great experience. It's only work if you would rather be doing something else. Yeah. I, I, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you, it's, it's fun to do the stuff. Like, I feel like writing sometimes, you can get in blocks on writing, but then when you're inspired, it's like you just keep want to keep going. Right. You know? So you are working at the Knollwood Country Club, and... You obviously take a job like everybody else on planet Earth. You discover after a period of time you don't like it, and you decide that you want to go back to maybe that time and and work in golf again. Obviously, you don't want to sleep on the back of the range because now you're in your you know, late twenties. What do you do? You start you start the you start the writing. Yeah, so it's it's funny. I'm I'm a huge basketball fan too, and I when I started the fried egg. I actually wanted to start it for basketball, not golf. Would you still have called it the fried egg? No, it would have been something different. Got it. But I didn't want to write every night. I didn't want to commit to every night. <laughs> because, like, so that's why I went into, I did golf. I just, I had the itch. I, I really believed in what I was, the way I was thinking about the way people digest content and the way busy professionals, which, you know, that, that's a really good, you know, audience. Is I believed in the in the manner in which I was doing it. So, like golf was something that was good because I could speak at a I could you know write at a pretty high level, um, because I you know I know how to play and play well you know and I have a lot of friends that golf. So it was something, and you only I only did it twice a week to start because I was still working my other job, but I'd go into work and just write fried egg all the time that's amazing and you're like uh which how often would they did they ever catch you 
No, no. Because you were slick, or you would have like multiple. Would you? Did you? Would you have a method to, uh, you know, conceal this this shared time? No, I was. I mean, I would. I would just I'd not just, a big deal. I was still doing. Stuff I haven't for my had job. a real job in a yeah. long time, so I don't know what this is like. Yeah, it was. It was good. I mean, I, 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 we were a startup, so it was like a similar company. We we're figuring things out, and you know, I had, I had way too much responsibility for my uh, qualifications, <laughs> which you know, now I have even more responsibility for you know my limited skill set and qualifications. But you're succeeding, and you're enjoying it. I, yeah, success is a relative term. I don't How do know. you define success? I, I don't know if I'm growing. If you know, are you so, growing? Yeah, I'm growing. It's going well. I don't. I don't like jinxing it. I haven't. I haven't. Like, You're not going to you know, jinx anything. Yeah. I haven't what made could you it po- or anything. What could you possibly jinx? I don't know. People could just hate me. They might listen to this and just you know say fuck the Friday. Really, Andy? I think people would listen to this and they'd be like, oh, he's not such a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's it's. See, really... I think, and I think people. I'm not going to edit this. I think you know I don't edit the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I think people listening to this should implore Andy to go out there further. Don't you think? We talked about this a little bit, but I think you are a very interesting person, and you have a very interesting way of looking at things. And I think, on some level, I want more fried egg. I want more. I want to see more of the egg itself. Well, you got to get there. It's baby steps. You got to. You got to. <laughs> trying to trying to do everything well. You know, like I don't. I don't believe you should start doing something else until you do everything that's your core functions well. And I keep adding more core functions, but. Got to do it well before you move on to the next thing. Keep adding more core functions in the sense that you started with articles. I started with this newsletter. Newsletter. Two days a week, right? Okay. What's the difference between a newsletter and articles? So a newsletter goes right to somebody's email. Okay. So now that's three You can only get it via email. You could get it online too, but no. (laughs) Email's better. The best way to get it is via email. Give Andy your email. Go to thefriedegg.co. Thefriedegg.co, thefriedegg.com. I own a lot of variations of fried egg a lot of items yeah. uh anyway give me your email and then you can experience this newsletter in the flesh or at least digitally yeah so i started with that then all of a sudden i started to write some articles because i realized like hey i need to get people to sign up for this oh so if i write articles they're on my site and then i can ask them to sign up for the newsletter why w- so the newsletter was at some point a business plan for you that you could subsidize the, I just kind of started this I don't right? understand newsletter I, I don't understand it it goes out it sends out <laughs> it's an email <laughs> that you get Monday Wednesday Friday right. at 6 a.m. and yeah. everything everything you want to read is right there in the email do you realize that this is rare is it am I right is it rare well yeah I, I think it's like a newer business model like so what the reason I started this I watched my wife who doesn't really care about politics or news or anything? There's this this newsletter called The Skim. Okay, I think it's I've like heard of that. Wildly popular, and all of a sudden, my wife is like, "Hey, did you hear about uh, this Russia thing?" And I'm She's like, like, "On you about current events." And I'm like, "What? How do you know about that?" Because like, <laughs> you're not watching the news. Yeah, she's not watching the news. She's she not on care. Buzzfeed. Yeah, but she was like, "I read The Skim every day," and I was like, "Oh," and it's this. It's that same format. Of like really quick hits and, you know, like everything you need to know in three minutes. So I I signed up for that. And I was was working in this tech startup and like working regularly with like entrepreneurs around the cities that are, we had websites in. So I had this like entrepreneurial bug. 
that's so interesting to hear what falls into the shopping cart at the last minute and ultimately changes the rest of your life. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, what if my wife wasn't my wife? Like, what if I was, I was dating her at that time? Well, I was kind of thinking more. It's like, what if she was like, um, I got this app yeah. that tells me everything. And then you're like, okay. And then you go somehow are convinced that you need to raise $150,000 and you end up sort of owing this Russian guy a lot of money and he cuts off one of your toes. Yeah. I could end up, I could be <laughs> in buried in a ditch dug by that ditch digger right, we were talking about. Right by a beautiful golf course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the irony. All right, all day. Yeah, whoa, can't read. I can't read, everybody. All right, everybody. The holidays are always a great time to literally boost your footwear game. You know I love the boost. The boost, by the way. Can we do we even know what boost is? Boost like came from NASA. Google it. Prove me wrong. Tell me that there's something better than Boost, and I will literally block you. No, but there is nothing better than Boost. Like Boost is the jam. Anyway. For the holidays, boost your footwear game and do yourself a favor. Hop over to adidas.com and click on the golf selection. The golf section could be a gift for, oh, get a gift for someone else, y'all. But Adidas makes sure that you can't go wrong. And that's pretty true. Like, I can't find a pair of Adidas shoes that I don't like. Right now, I'm digging the Ryder Cup special editions, which obviously you can't get. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean that to come out in a douchey way. It's just true. Um, But that style. I actually can't think of the name of the style. I think it's the Tour 360. I love that shoe. It's the most comfortable shoe ever. I'll wear it by the beach. Um, anyway, uh, there's the new Addy Power Forged. Ooh, that's a slick shoe, actually. I did get a peek at that. That's on the website right now. Uh, Addy Power Forged. And, of course, my favorites. Oh, Joel knows my favorites when he writes this. The Tour 360 and the Tour 360 Knit. Tour 360, obviously, you're getting the waterproof full leather upper. Tour 360 Knit, a little more breathable, a little more... Uh, fresh for the hipsters out there, but they both have all of that, uh, you know, super grippy, sticky spikes, uh, you know, soft spikes, soft spikes. Uh, don't forget the Addy Cross and Addy Pure. I love the Addy Pure. That is the Justin Rose style. That is the Addy Pure. Basically, you can wear anywhere. You can wear it to a tea time or a date, and I promise you're going to get good looks. Uh, I hear there's also something new coming early next year, which I'm stoked about. I did hear that. I actually saw that. So watch out, folks. Get ready for that. So go to Adidas uh, or follow Adidas Golf for all the latest news and info at Adidas Golf, A-D-I-D-A-S-G-O-L-F. Yeah, check it out. Get the, get boosted for the holidays, y'all. Um, later. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. Yeah, so that's how it kind of started. So this newsletter, so you do the newsletter. I got it up to, you know, I started writing articles. Then I started doing the newsletter three days a week, you know, so you're adding and then. And, and that's the thing where you commit. Yeah. You tell the uh, subscribers, expect this Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. That's the only way it can work for me because like I set deadlines so that I have to hold myself accountable. Right. Because otherwise I'm a horrible planner. Me too. Procrastinator of, of the century. You know what I heard the other day on the same topic is, um, do you, do you snooze? No. Okay, because apparently that's good. 
Because apparently snoozing is one of the worst things you can do for your uh, psychological life. Uh, when you snooze, you're basically telling yourself, it's okay to break promises to myself. It's fascinating. And so I really try not to snooze as well. And I notice that when I do, it typically, and actually it results in, like from a science, uh, from like biologically speaking, more grogginess. That makes sense because you're messing with your REMs. Fucking with it. Yeah, because like nobody likes getting those like 10-minute naps. No. So, Andy, uh, you don't snooze and you commit to the newsletter schedule. Yeah. So then I started a podcast. And you start the pod. Now, that's been going on for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was before there were like a million golf podcasts. It was definitely before the Eric Anders Lang show. <laughs> <laughs> there's, so. there's B-E-A-L and A-E-A-L. So some stuff is always, uh, it's luck. Uh-huh. Like, I was lucky that I started when I started. Knowing you now, I'm actually surprised you have a podcast. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I've got two podcasts now. You've got two. But you have a great voice, and you're great at talking, and you're really great at timing. This is why I think you should be on camera more. Nah. Uh, uh, maybe. Maybe. This is your inner Larry. You're very Larry David, by the way. Do you compare yourself? I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. I love Seinfeld. <laughs> I think it's just fascinating. I, Larry David might be one of like my dream foursome. Oh, like, yeah. Like He might be in it because I would just love to watch him get frustrated by just the little things. Did you read his article in The New Yorker? I didn't. The Five Stages of Golf. Uh, he, he, uh, he relates uh, the experience of playing golf to the experience of uh, working through grief, denial, anger, Deal making and acceptance, <laughs> and it's one of the funniest reads out there. I was gonna, I actually, I have it on my list to read on the podcast. So maybe uh, next pod, I'll I'll read that for everybody, so you can have to go Google it. But it is one of the funniest reads out. You got to get LD on the pod. He's he's a, a, he's he's a, a LA uh, guy. He's you know he's the kind of guy that's just not fucking interested. He doesn't care. No. <laughs> I mean, I would love to have him on. Um, I've actually met him twice. And the and the the uh, the first one was a high buy. The second one was literally, uh, we were at a really really fancy bar in on Fiftieth Street and Park Avenue, I think something around there. And um, he walked straight up to me, and I'm in a group of people. I think I was, I mean, not to name drop, but named Dave Chappelle, talking with Dave Chappelle about golf. No way. Because Dave doesn't like golf, but in Ohio, it's it's everywhere. A lot of golf near him, and and you know he was like, "Wow, I didn't think golfers would meditate. That's so cool, man!" And then Larry David comes up, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Larry, I'm talking with Dave Chappelle about golf." He's like, "That's great," and he literally reaches behind my neck with his hand, as like as though he's kind of going to kiss me on the cheek, but instead he reaches and grabs my back of my shirt to reveal the name tag because he's interested in knowing who made my shirt. Finds out, can't remember the brand. And literally slaps me on the shoulder and says, great shirt. Have a good night. Hey, you got what he wanted. <laughs> it's ready. a very Larry David thing to do. I'm glad I was able to give him something because I'm sure a lot of people just want to take from Larry. I'd love to have him on the podcast. I think it'd be really funny. But You know, you got to keep building the relationship. I believe I don't like asking people for stuff. You don't? Yeah. Why? Well, like, I don't know. I think that it's better just not to ask. You build, You build up enough, you know rapport with somebody you build up a good enough relationship with people they're going to ask how can i help you as opposed to you you know everybody always is looking to get something out of relationships so rather than asking you know i prefer to you know have people ask me how they can help me or you know me to ask somebody else how i can help them you know 
I agree. And sadly, I do agree that most relationships and most things in life, unfortunately, are designed around receiving something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that, and I think this is why golf and golf, making golf content for me makes me happy, is that there is a collaborative element to it. I mean, I don't want to be rich. I would like to have a sustainable lifestyle where I can do what I want to do, which is basically talk to you right about the thing you want to talk like, to larry david golf. you know let's you're, you're as good as larry david as far as right now is concerned i'll <laughs> tell you andy no you're funny dude because we everywhere we went you have these larry david-esque observations about so many what what was the one we had outside chick-fil-a when we were driving home it was so funny dude can't even remember i can't remember but um it was really funny you're like why is it it's very seinfeld also well, there's a lot of questions. I always wonder about stuff. Yeah, why? <laughs> like, you know, when you walk through life, you just, there's, there's so a lot of, like, why, why does this happen? You know? What does that think of, uh, what, what does, how do you apply that to golf? Because, I mean, you, we were talking before we started the podcast, you were considering renouncing your United States golf citizenship. <laughs> and what was that about? I, you know, I've never really played golf abroad. You never have. You only played once in, uh, where was it, South America? Yeah. And I just uh, <laughs> not known, not known for its uh, courses. I just there's so many things that bother me about American golf. Like sure, just in general, how long it takes. How nobody walks. Like I, I like riding a cart every once in a while. Like if I'm, but like, why would you go to this beautiful golf course and ride in a cart? Like if you walk, you walk with people and you conversate. Like agreed, hundred percent. People play so slow. People take so long to play. It's just, it kind of drives me nuts versus, yeah. you know, you and I look that? at... Phone's, look at, phone's ringing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's my wife. Want to grab it? No, nah, We can pause. Okay. It's fine. Okay. She doesn't. She, you don't edit this stuff, so... I don't edit it. I would like, we would hear the convo. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Mrs. She's like, I'll keep her safe. Yeah, Mrs. Fried Egg doesn't need to Mrs. be Mrs. Fried Egg has got her own business coming out, everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. If you have a woman in your life that doesn't love golf, throw her Mrs. Fried Egg Twitter account. She She's the... Uh, yeah, she's... She's not much of a golfer. How many follows are you waiting for her to get before you give her her own uh, column? I don't know. She wrote something. I had, I never published it. No. So we went to a tournament. Um, we went to the Dell match play, and she kind of just hung out in Austin doing some stuff all week, you know, just hanging out. And, and I was like, you want to come to the tournament one day? So she comes in Saturday, like midday, and I, I get her like an inside the ropes badge. She walks inside the ropes. And she just like is she's like, can we go like two holes? Doesn't care. Just has no clue. Wow. <laughs> like what How, she's yeah. That's VIP. Is it is it a tournament day? Yeah, it was it was like the match play. It was Jesus like the Saturday Christ. Saturday inside, round. Inside the ropes on a Saturday? <laughs> yeah. That's not even buyable. Yeah. You can't buy that. Yeah. So she has no clue. She wrote an article, but I never published it about I, that experience. Yeah. She was like, inside what ropes? <laughs> yeah. She was like, uh, why why does Bubba take so long to? Hit a shot. Fascinating. Yeah, she's she's got all kinds of things like hard hitting. Yeah, it, it, it might get resurrected. It, it could get published some other time. It's the lost articles from the archive. It's like when uh when a artist dies, like you know, all of a sudden Tom Petty, all these unreleased uh, albums, and, yeah, and uh, songs come out. Like when I when I go, Mrs. Friday's just gonna publish all of her on. Yeah. On, and she might release, like, anyway, moving on. I wanted to get back. Go back to American golf. So it's slow is the last thing you were talking about. Yeah, it's slow. It's, uh, 
It just takes long. It's expensive. But you need. What is your first international golf trip going to be? Because you're speaking merely from hearsay, or what? What did you read a lot? Yeah, I read a ton. I'm, you I need to get the fried egg international. I, I I'm probably going to go somewhere this winter. Oh, where are you going to go? I, I want to go with you. I might go to Australia. Here's the. Oh, don't go to Australia. I'm going to go to Tasmania, New Zealand also. Are you going with the crew? Yeah, one of my buddies uh, just uh, started working at Terra ED. I might go visit him. That's it? Well, I don't know. I'll go, I'll go to Paraparauma Beach. I'll fucking go with you. I'll go to... Like, Let's I, meet you and Colt go. You want to do it? Yeah. You look down to the left. That means I, no. I don't, com- I don't commit. You're non-committal. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm the worst person to go on a golf trip. How did you with. end up getting married? You're so non-committal. Well, I, literally I, Saturday, I, I was like, "Are we playing golf Monday at Lawsonia?" And you're like, "I don't know." <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, yeah, we're. I didn't know if we were playing at Lawsonia or somewhere else. If, yeah, you wouldn't even commit the on the forca- place. I was waiting for the forecast. Waiting for the weather. Yeah, if it was going to be cold, we were going to go south. <laughs> if it was going to be warm, we were going to go north. Your life is dictated by weather. It sounds like one of the things that really spins you the most is the fact that you have zero control over that which you must sort of, you know, reap rewards from, which is the earth. Me and the weather, we're in a little bit of a tiff. You know, my wedding day, <laughs> 0% chance for rain, and it poured. No oh, way. Yeah, we tried to do the whole wedding outside. It was no. a disaster. And you did no umbrellas? No umbrellas. Where was people, it? In people, Chicago? Yeah, people were eating uh, dinner with their with napkins on their head. Amazing. Yeah, we had a two-and-a-half-hour cocktail hour. It was, everybody was wasted. My wife spent all this time on these decorations. I'll never hear the end of it. Were our friend in, were, did we have friends in common there? Libman or Cider, anybody? No. No? Cider didn't come. Fucking. Yeah. He was invited, he big, though. He big-timed me. Big-timed <laughs> Dude, to invite someone to your wedding and not go, that's, there's very few drinks more bitter than that one. Oh. Uh, yeah, it, when when you have that wedding and and no shows are you know Ooh. piling in, they they not no shows. They're when, not forgotten when they're when they can't come. Yeah, it's like a good thing because we're like, oh yeah, more getting, space, getting under our number, saving, <laughs> saving, saving money. At that point, they just become a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> <laughs> they just become more golf later in the season. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, but yeah. So the weather dictates that, but I don't know even what we were talking. But yeah, so. I just I think I my my views on golf associate more with the with the uh, you know people of the UK or or Australia. I, I'm surprised your first trip isn't straight to Scotland. You know, I my problem is if I go, I want to go for like a month because I need to go see everything. I you can't, can't do go, it one trip. Though. I can't go and see six places. Andy, because, you're on an OCD. What? Are you a little OCD? No. You're not. No. You're not. You're 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 but but you but you are you a perfectionist? No. I just I I just know that if I go and see six places I it's just not going to do it. Why? Just go do it multiple times. Well, then why don't I just go there for like a month? Because that's expensive and you're married and I don't know. And it's not sustainable. That's a long... Well, the reason... I don't know. I mean, I don't totally disagree with you. There's an Airbnb. You get an Airbnb and you go. Right. Well, I just think it's easier to go multiple times. Maybe for my life it is. I don't know. Because I work on a project basis. So typically I'm getting... My flights are getting covered. Whereas you need... You know, you would pay for your own flights and subsidize the, the flight by creating a tremendous amount of content. 
Yeah. So for you, it is really more valuable to go there for a long period of time. Yeah, because like then it, the other thing is like you're set up. You got a home base. You, you know, got, I got a great idea. Yeah. Go get an Airbnb. Get like a two or a three bedroom. Yeah. Right. And basically, what you could do. <laughs> this is a great idea. Airbnb it up. <laughs> Not like an Airbnb, but like kind of like set up a website with a calendar and it's 50 bucks a night for each bed. And basically I would, I would book a bed for two nights to hang with you and play golf and whatever. And basically, you know, you could, it could even be like a little, like, uh, you know, that edu- edutainment kind of thing. Like stay with, <laughs> stay with Andy. Like you could learn about golf. Ideally you could, you could have people come that might bring units of energy to you that are interested in what you have to talk about. It might even potentially change in a formidable way what you do. This yeah. could be cool. It could be cool. I don't know. It could be a show. It could be like the real world for golf. It could be a good show, you know? I'm just thinking just about randoms it. randoms are coming in. Just yeah. This is my life. I'm the only constant. <laughs> Violet might be a constant. I need to figure out how to get Violet out there. You can too. get her there. You just got to fly through Dublin. Yeah. <clears throat> just go Chicago, Dublin, Dublin, Scotland. Oh, that's easy. Maybe I'll go to Ireland instead. No. Ireland's great, but it's got nothing on Scotland. How did he say that so definitively? Ireland is a neighborhood. Scotland is a country. And I don't want to offend any Irish people. I think but you just did. <laughs> I didn't really mean to. <laughs> Let me just back up. I love Ireland. I had, a, I had some of the best golf experiences of my life in Ireland. Having said that. That's, Having... A, that's a curve. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that. <laughs> no, no, but... Ireland's small. It's, it's a continuance of villages, let's face it, right? I mean, you've got Dublin, then you've got a lot of villages. If you're going as uh, one of the leading voices on golf course architecture, the history of golf, the culture of golf, this European golf-centered uh, perspective, you, you just – Ireland is not the first stop. Ireland is amazing and beautiful and interesting, but it's smaller. I mean, it's just smaller. Like, there's less people by, I think, a, a zero, a full zero. So – I don't know. I mean, and when you look at the history of golf, it it was in Scotland. It started there. I just think there's so many more courses that have a lot more to say about the history. I mean, the first course in Ireland is like, I don't know. I'm bad. But in Scotland, they're like 1580. I might might go to, I might end up going to England. I might might go to England. Because everybody goes to Scotland. Now you're just fucking with me. I I like going against the grain. Yeah, see, you don't even, now you're like, I'm going to go to uh, New Zealand. I actually, you know where is a place I want to go? Thailand. The Netherlands. I'm having a hard time talking with you about this, to be honest with you. Just go to fucking Scotland, dude. I'll, I'll go there. I'll get there. There's a ton of places in the United States I still want to see. So, like, if I haven't... This is, like, my thing. There's so many golf courses I haven't seen here that I need to see. You can't leave. So, I, once, I, <laughs> once I see the place I really want to see here and feel like I've done an adequate job of being able to... Say, hey, this is where you should play here, 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 you know, all over the country. You know, what's the other thing about these Scotland and Ireland? Like, there's a ton of value. Like, I want to go personally. Like, if this was all about personally, yeah, I would have already been there like five times. Really? But this is about, you know, doing my job. And I think in terms of where, you know, what I do, it's much more important for me to be here right now. Okay. You're probably not. I mean, I, I don't know really the details of that, um, you know, decision-making process. But, I mean... There's so much stuff around, you know, the country 
that needs to be seen and had a light shown on it. Your main FAQ is, I'm here, where should I go play golf? Yeah. Well, that's I get a lot of those questions. What's your, what's your, what's your biggest answer you're solving for people? What's the biggest need just, you're filling? I think the biggest problem in American golf is that everybody associates price with how good something is. Mm. And like the best golf experience, some of the best golf experiences I've had are playing golf courses that are less than $50. Wow. And it's like, you know, for the most part, I believe, and this is, this is not at all a 100% true statement. Like it doesn't apply to every city, but for the majority of cities, the most expensive public golf course is not the best public golf course. Wow. That's a, that's a really cool, um, you know, like little Easter egg you opened up for, I think a lot of people. Yeah. Because it, it helps you use your inquiring mind, right? Which is hard to do. It's easier just to go play the most expensive one and, and like complain. The other thing is like everybody in golf. And this is again, this is a hasty generalization. Everybody in golf tells you everything's great. <laughs> like when is the last time that a golf course opened or a golf course that's very highly regarded? Have you ever heard somebody say that's not a good golf course? Well, like, I mean, there's an honesty like, you know, that is missing is that everybody, a lot of people write off press releases. It, it's just like there, are, there needs to be more, you know, transparency in what, people do with regards to golf courses is like not everything's the great like every year this is the greatest new course ever you know <laughs> it's like no it, it's it's not necessarily the greatest new course ever is this because golf writers are lying or because is it, is it a weird like kickback rule well i think there's like a broken model in the golf industry where like for the most part of the magazines are subsidized by the businesses that make money off of golf yeah, I heard um, I heard a story from a friend of mine. He uh, they had a big advertiser. Uh, it was a where a, a very fancy watch company, and he wrote an article about how great this sort of inexpensive watch was, and the expensive watch company pulled their ads the next day. It's crazy. Pulled their ads. I mean, and that's a large chunk of their income. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, as a writer, it's not democ democratized anymore. You're not allowed to actually state your actual opinion. Yeah. So, like, that's the same thing that goes with, like, you know, a lot of things in golf. It's like, you know, they can't write their real opinion because of the advertisers behind it. I mean, on some level, uh, the PGA Tour being one of the biggest companies in golf. I mean, I don't, I don't know a lot of major negative press around the PGA Tour, but I know that there are people who do who would never say anything. Mm-hmm. Because they're not interested in biting the hand that feeds them. I mean, if you look at when I go to a PGA Tour event as media, what do I get? Right? I get like fucking free food. Yeah, you get free food. I get, get... I get great access. I, I'm treated better than some of the members of the Grey Goose Club mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's tricky. It's, it's, it's like a weird space that all of media is in. Mm. It's not just golf. I'm sure. You know, it's like the, the demise of like, Print media has led to this, you know, ad-based marketing, and then all of a sudden you've got advertisers that have inherent, you know, interests in your voice. Right. And when you lose your voice, what do you have as a media company? 
So you're working towards your media company. Your your would you say where does your podcast sit on the sort of batting lineup of your media team? I mean, I think it's all. I think people digest content all different ways. You got reader. Some people read. Some people watch. Some people listen. So you got to be able to supply all those different facets. Do all of those aspects of media well. Right. So, you know, that's like something you do the visual stuff so well. Thank you. So, like, I have built my company around, you know, you know, the podcast, audio, and and writing, and I'm trying to learn how to do the video stuff. But it's you know, it's like anything. You got it's baby steps to get better, especially when you're you know in a limited, you know, when you have limited resources. So yeah. it's not like you know, it's not like I'm outsourcing stuff to get it produced professionally, but like. That's the thing is like every, you got to create content that appeals to all, all different types of people. That's the, that's the golden goose, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but just as a side note, you do, you're, you, I, I, more than most people, you have a very good eye. So I think you'll be successful based on just your judgment of what looks good because I mean, golf course architecture, golf courses, they are a visual medium. Yeah. No matter how you slice it, whether you're an architect or whether you're immediate you know, entity talking about it. Um, I think, um, so, so you got the podcast, it's a, it's a, you got two now, you got, uh, the, the main one, the yoke with dope. Yeah. The, the that's, fried that's egg podcast, fried egg podcast. And but then, then some I've of got the like episodes a, are yeah, the yoke with dope. Yeah. It's like a ongoing series with, uh, Tom Doak. And so architect. you and Tom Doak, who's the most, one of the most famous architects in America right now. Yeah. In the yeah. world. Yeah. He's, uh, he's done some good stuff kind of is responsible in some ways for bringing um, us back to yeah. minimalism in golf architecture. Yeah, he's him and him and Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw are probably the two most influential guys. Tom Doak, he he was the first guy to do the minimalism stuff and and then Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw did Sand Hills, which is, you know, arguably the most influential course of like this modern renaissance of golf design. Um and then, you know, obviously Tom Doak had, has, has designed, you know, a handful of the greatest golf courses in the world between, like, Pacific Dunes, Terry Eady, uh, Barnboogle, uh, Bally Neal, Rock Creek Cattle Company, you know. So he's, he's done a That's lot a of cool great name. work. That's a cool RCCC? I, I really want to go to that place. Where is that? It's up in, y, uh, in uh, Montana. Fuck. Yeah, it's supposed to be really cool. I love those wide open ones. That's I, I there's so this is what I'm talking about. There's so much stuff to see in the in the states that I get I get all bogged down. I, I you know, when I go somewhere, when I go to the city, I want to see 20 golf courses. That's the problem. Yeah. There's so many courses I want like I really like finding stuff that's got unique stuff, you know. Why don't you isn't isn't the wife working mobile now or what is she doing? Yeah, but why don't you and Mrs. Friday and Violet get in uh, PJ Koenig's uh, RV when he's done using it? <laughs> And just move on or get your own RV. Fucking just go do it. I like being home too. Jesus yeah. Christ. You're an unsolvable riddle. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having to, I've had to travel every week this month. Have you really? It's killing me. Just, just for, um, courses. Yeah. Just going places trying to, you know, it's fall here in Chicago. So I got to get all my, uh, all my acorns saved up for winter. <laughs> Get a bunch of get a bunch of stuff ready for the winter when it's uh, when I don't go outside for weeks on end. Right. 
So what uh, as far as and, and so anyway, they'll find your podcast out there. Just type yeah. in fried egg and you can hear uh, Andy and Tom. And, and now you've got a new one, too, about uh, sports, about all sports. Currently. No, no, it? it's just golf. Just golf. Yeah, it's just a morning show. It's like 30 minutes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday with uh, Brendan Porath, who writes golf for uh, SB Nation. Okay. He's a funny guy, you know. Uh, so we just talk about what's going on. It's like current events. It's essentially like just a, you know, geared towards that morning commute crowd. So What's it called? It's called the Shotgun Start. Shotgun Start. Yeah. I do love the logo for that. The orange and black. <clears throat> yeah, that's only like fucking... When did that start? What date did that start? Oh, uh, not that long beginning ago. Beginning of September. That's yeah. really not long ago at all. It's new. People <laughs> like it so far, I think. I like the idea. Yeah. it's. A, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, so I... Yeah. I don't even listen to this. You don't read. You don't listen. It's weird. I don't really ingest anything except for, um, you know, uh, literally food. Yeah. You watch stuff, though. What What do I watch? I don't know. I don't yeah. really. You got to watch stuff. You produce I, stuff. I watch a very little bit, though. I kind of... I don't. So, I, so it's Thursday night. We're in Eric Lang's house. What are you doing? You got nothing going on. What are you doing? Thursday night at my house. Nothing going on. I have nothing going on. Basically, I'm probably going to really... I'm more of a sensual person. This is going to sound kind of weird. But, like, honestly, what I'm probably going to do is I'm going to cook food with maybe music, maybe none. I'm probably going to be, like, barefoot in the kitchen. And I'm going to cook. I'm fully going to care about it, right? And I'm going to, like, take corn on the cob. I'm going to shave it off. I'm going to make some mango chutney. Probably fry up a steak and, like, boil and <clears throat> like broil some potatoes and then I'll eat that on the patio with a nice view. I got a little view in Laurel Canyon and then I would wash all the dishes, might make dessert, might just go downstairs and get in bed and probably would take a shower. Oh, I would take a shower, walk the dog and then I would probably go downstairs and just sit in bed for a while and like I would probably think about how I'd want to spend my time most wisely and I would either read a chapter from a book that's like 100 years old. I mean, it sounds like an idiot. Well, no. See, you'd read, though. I might, but that's rare. Or I might... What if, what if you had, like, honestly, a week? What, if, what, what would you do with a week? Whoa. David, that's a tough one, because then I would go travel. You'd go travel? Yeah. Would you watch anything? You'd go see stuff? Yeah. For me, I, I, over probably watching media or listening to a podcast or reading, I'm probably going to choose experiencing something. Yeah. So you're like going to play golf. Or I That's would rather what's great make about some, golf. Or I would rather make something. Yeah. I, if I really had nothing, nothing to do for a week, I'd probably edit. I'd probably lock the doors and just edit. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. Is we're we're slaves to our own. Uh, our uh, I don't think. I think it was as more like I've got Legos. I got a bunch of Legos and no phone calls. Did you play with Legos as a kid? I loved it. Yeah. Big Lego. I think Legos were a formidable part of all of our lives. Yeah, I was a big Lego guy. I think Lego. I think the Legos are dead, and that's that's going to be the biggest problem is that kids aren't going to be able to think actual creatively. They're they're mostly focused on hand eye coordination and murder and like killing. That's the biggest biggest problem. I see the headline: biggest problem in the world. <laughs> Lack of Legos. Lack of Legos. Such a jerk. <laughs> Need more Lego land. <laughs> I've been to Legoland. Um, <clears throat> anything else you want to add? We're, 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 we're at the time where we can end freely. Hey. I've got to go to a Bulls game. Yeah. I'm gonna... Love the Bulls. Do you? Oh, yeah. You big big NBA fan? Huge. Yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> Played with Tony Kukoc today. He's a formidable, you know, 
person in my childhood. Was he really? Yeah, I watched those the Bulls, man. I grew up during the Dynasty era. He uh, he was a really nice guy. He played with the greatest and uh, greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah. Don't at me. <laughs> what the fuck does "don't at me" mean? I don't, I don't understand. Know. I've I heard it actually, now three times this week, and I don't understand. I, I just know the, the context of it. I don't actually know what it means. <laughs> I know how to use it. It's like uh, when the, the kids are doing the spelling bee, yeah. and they say, like, can you use it in a sentence? I know how to use it in a sentence, but <laughs> I cannot define it. What does it mean? It means... I think it means, like, you know, don't, don't you know, argue with me. Oh, don't go on your Twitter it's feed like, now yeah, and, and don't say, at me. hey, Andy, what the fuck? Tony yeah. Kukoc is yeah. not the greatest. No, no. Michael Jordan's the greatest. He played with the greatest right. player of all time. Sure. Not LeBron. MJ. Yeah. 23. All those... Jump people, man. All those fools that think LeBron's the best player of all time. Wow. Just lighting fires at the end of the pod. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Headline. Pod headline. Pod headline? Andy Legoland. confirms. MJ, greatest player of all time. Legoland must be brought back. Yeah. <laughs> two, two, two takeaways from Huge. this pod. I do, I do want you to break down your idea that um, minimalist architecture or golf course architecture is the craft beer of golf. I want this to be your, I want this to be on your fucking headstone. I think it's such a great statement. And we talked about a little bit on the vlog that um, people you can go check out. Uh, it's concurrent with this podcast as is normal when you're, when you're ingesting or digesting the content from this feed. Ugh, what did I just say? But anyway check out the vlog of us going to Lawsonia, but you talk about being the craft beer and tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I've, I've tried to write this article probably like 10 times. What happens is I, I get really inspired one day and I write it. I'm just, just not quite right. And I put it away. And then like three months later, I come back and completely rewrite it. This happened for probably the last two years. But, um, so like, uh, craft beer, was an industry, a perfect example. I think it really parallels well. Craft beer was an industry. Struggled for 30 years because, like, nobody knew anything about craft beer. Like, you go into a bar, like, you know, as a, as a consumer, you're like, oh, Budweiser, Miller Lite, uh, Heineken, Coors are the only thing you see, right? And then you could see this other beer. But, like, people don't like trying new things, right? Mm. People do not like change. But then all of a sudden, the Internet got invented. And once the internet got invented, people had a, the ability to learn about craft beer. Because, like, these craft brewers couldn't, like, couldn't advertise against Bud or Miller Lite. All of a sudden, then Instagram, social media occurred, and people could share that they loved this type of beer. They loved, you know, we're in Chicago, Goose Island would be one that became a huge craft beer. Or Three Floyds now, like, you know, it's in Indiana, but our big craft beer um, and, and then all of a sudden people started sharing this and people, you know, there's this free flow exchange of ideas. Um, and I think with golf, we're in the same situation here where like different architects are like different craft breweries. So you've got like your Donald Ross and the, his courses are his different batches, so to say. And, uh, you know, what, what you see with craft beer is people travel to go see this stuff. And, uh, and just like that, we're going to see all of a sudden people are going to start to say, hey, I'm going to play this place because it's a, it's a Langford Moreau, like, like uh, Lawsonia. Like, I like almost drove up to, to the UP yesterday to see this Langford Moreau I hadn't seen because I, you know, I like their beer. <laughs> and, uh, 
And so I think golf in general usually is like five to 10 years behind the trends of, of other industries. And I think we're going to see an explosion in this where like people are going to realize like, why am I playing this crappy golf course? Like I, I could go play this other one. Like I, I like this. I, I'm going to travel, go see it. You know, if I have to drive an hour instead of 30 minutes and there's nobody there, like, but like, I know why I'm going and what I want to go see, you know, that's what's going to happen. Well, I look forward to seeing how viral that article goes because I think it's a really brilliant idea. And I think the more that you, um, you know, do what you do, I think the more you inspire that thinking or for people and you allow people to be armed with the knowledge to make those decisions themselves. Because the truth is, until someone told me about it, I didn't know that there was a choice. I didn't know. Yeah. Like, I, just like you were describing in the beer industry. Like, I didn't know that there was a choice. Well, it's like this uh, this thing with like uh, even groceries. We talked about this too. Mm. It's like it's like for years, you know, grocery stores all they and I I listened to a podcast and they were talking about the attention that like YouTube and how everybody's fighting for people's attention. It was Sam Harris's podcast, great podcast. Um, can get a little dark sometimes, but good podcast. He was talking about this whole thing where like the bottom's going to fall out with like all these different companies just trying to pry all of our attention away from us. Um, And he was talking about the food industry and how all these grocery stores were trying to have the cheapest lettuce for years. Like, we have to have the least expensive lettuce. I think with golf, it's actually the opposite, where it's like, you know, we need to have, like, all these nice features that are in our clubhouse, and we have to have, you know, the best carts, and we have to have golf boards and we have to have really nice cart paths like that's what everybody thinks and at the end of the day one day we're going to wake up and we're going to be like why am i playing this shitty golf course just like people woke up one day so why am i eating this shitty lettuce you know like and like the you know great architecture like doesn't discriminate it's a golf course that everybody can enjoy it's not just not just a golf course where you know a really good player can go and play and have fun and like you know, really good architecture at Lawsonia, perfect example. Like, we spent, like, maybe, like, there was two holes where we had to look for a golf ball, three right. holes. You know, if if you go play 95% of American golf courses, we would have been looking for golf balls on, like, six, seven, eight, maybe ten holes. Yeah. You know, and that, to me, is, like, one of the biggest problems. That's why I'm out on American golf. Right. It's, like, more places that are extremely friendly to to players that are playable fun you know unique and interesting have quirky stuff like blind shots like people hate blind shots but blind shots are cool like it's a cool way to have variety within the golf course like who wants to play the same exact hole over and over again like i want different shots i want to i want to have to think and that's what great golf does and i've completely gone so far away from my original analogy now oh i thought you were gonna say you've completely gone so far away that you're like cat stevens <laughs> and you're sort of not allowed in america anymore i might be you're defected <laughs> this is apparently you did get blocked by a famous golf superintendent we found out yeah on twitter no clue why you got and he got blocked from the super i'd never i'd never seen his profile can before. we say which could... course no it's so funny <laughs> Um, but, but what's interesting is, um, you know, I, I, I see 
all of that stuff just being really important, you know, and I see that as being, I am really excited to see how that, you know, uh, kind of adjusts the public's view of, of how golf is perceived, how it's paid for, how it's desired. And I mean, the truth is I can see why you wouldn't go to Scotland because I don't know where your audience is, but it seems like the problems exist here in America. Scotland is fine. They don't need the fried eggs help. You're not, they don't have Ghostbusters calls. All those courses are still going to be there whenever I go. In America, we've got real issues. Yeah. We've got courses that people don't know about. We've got courses that could be amazing that are being, uh, you know, potentially in danger of being thrown away or at least, uh, you know, slighted or uncared for. And that's your, am I right? I mean, that's your purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, part of it. So, I mean, that's part of what I like doing. I, you know, I, I get really depressed when I go to places that are like really cool places that you know could be amazing. I can hear it in your voice on your Insta stories. Yeah. You sound pissed when there's trees and shrinking greens. That's that's just awful for yeah. you. Yeah. It's just like uh it's like if you had like Frank Lloyd or, like this is the thing I don't understand. Golf courses, golf course architecture, just like architecture. Like like there are these golf courses that are designed by the like the greatest architects of all time. And yet like all we want to do is change them. It's like a Frank Lloyd Wright house. You're not going to change it. Or like, you know, like It'd be like if you came here, we're in Chicago. So, like, if you went to the Wrigley Building, said, you know what? Let's completely change the the stone on the outside. Let's paint it. Let's do a different color. Like, that's what we want to do. Like, the the fact that this happens, it, it just it boggles my mind. Or they're like, you know what? We're not going to, we're going to plant these trees right, right on the most important part of this hole. We're just going to plant them. We're going to let them grow. Or... You know, somebody planted it there. We can't get rid of it or we can't move it. You know, this this whole philosophy of, like, if you've got a golf course that was designed by a great architect, like, you should celebrate that because, like, that's something that's unique. But, like, in this country, everybody seems to want to, like, homogenize golf courses and make them the same. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. You should want to have unique golf courses. You know, it seems like, obviously... I can tell why you're upset and I can feel it. Have you had a chance to really understand why, why people are, it seems like, I don't know, afraid to take a stand or, or why that they choose to get all homogenistic? Well, the, the, the reality is, is that the way golf works, like is that the people that get in control don't really know anything about golf. It's like they're a golfer. You mean an owner of a golf course? Or well, like, let's just say, like, let's just say it's a municipality. Right. Like, uh, right. like yeah, a lot of times with a municipality is, is run by a parks director. Like the municipal golf course is run by a parks director who might play golf five times in a year. They know about monkey bars. Yeah. And they, and they look at it from just a bottom line sense. Like, or like if you go at a country club. Like the people that are members at country club are uh, country clubs are great at their jobs, right? None of their Lawyers. jobs, none of their jobs are golf jobs. Uh, they, their expertise is is being a lawyer, being a doctor, being a dentist, being a great businessman. Doesn't mean you know a ton about golf course architecture or golf courses. And what they they feel like they need to impose, you know, they're bosses. They're all bosses, you know. they want to tell people the way it should be done as opposed to like, you know, if have it's, it's crazy. I could Uh go on for days about this. You just, you just, 
I feel like you just sort of we're, we're walking down that mm-hmm. hole of misunderstanding of why things are the way they are and you looked yeah. up and realized you were already 40 feet down yeah and you're like fuck this man <laughs> it's gotta be hard you're an activist uh, you're a great guy I really support everything you do and I want to see it be really successful so um, everybody if you care about golf and about what makes golf special and if you want to learn a lot about this Andy's the place to go everywhere else it's just filtered everyone's just this is from the source right here <laughs> You'd be surprised how many things you've heard all over golf media that Andy is the one that came up with. Am I right? No. Yeah, you are. Uh-uh. Yeah, I am. Uh, you do your research. I think it's really cool. I can tell what fuels you to do it, and I and I look forward to, um, you know, whatever you come up with next. Hey, thanks. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm um, looking forward to seeing more of your stuff too. You know, it's okay. You don't have to recompliment me. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good having more more video stuff. Like it's. I think everything, like with like, you know, small, the upstart com- outlets, the people, it's good. You want everybody to succeed because it's bringing a fresh new, you know, kind of era to the way golf is covered and the way golf is perceived. Yeah. You know? Rising tide lifts all ships, my guy. Exactly. Check out the vlog. Obviously, if you if you listen to the podcast, I don't know if you watch the vlog, but Andy and I go play Lawsonia and have a great time and Colt's there and there's got some dogs violent and snowball began uh it was their first internet date yeah i think they got along pretty well they both were pretty disinterested in each other which i think for both of them that's a that's a great trait that's a positive they're, yeah they're they're both not looking for anything too clingy yeah <laughs> long distance you know <laughs> friendships usually do result in the best love affairs <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Andy and I talk shit. Um, again, check Andy out. Instagram, the fried egg. Just type it in, fried egg. You'll find everything. The uh, podcast, the, uh, the, the, what the fuck is it called? The thing that comes to your inbox? The newsletter. The newsletter. <laughs> I don't subscribe, but I think you should. I don't subscribe. Just you should subscribe. I should subscribe just to help your numbers. You know what? I'm Maybe go we sub- should do a vlog of you subscribing. <laughs> Show everybody how it works. <laughs> Here's how you subscribe to Andy's <laughs> you, you newsletter. Go, you enter your email, and yeah. then you know you get it. It's actually quite easy. Yeah, you, you know, might, might not even have an email address. I kind of want to go no email. You're, you were considering only playing Lawsonia for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. You were considering never playing golf in America again. Now you're considering deleting all email traces. Yeah. Yeah. Just. You are an extremist, Andy. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me.